0: Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organise a meet-up with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on.
1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au/slash sport, or log a ride with our friends. At Zwift, joining
2: me is my co-host, no, he's not a guest, thank my you. co-host, Dave McKenzie, yeah, how are you? Thank you, respect, <laughs> respect, but you know what, we've, it's the last few days, we've, decided, <laughs> we've both decided we need to bring in the big guns. Yeah, absolutely. And we're doing, we're doing a three-way. And so who have we got today, Maka? Oh, oh, drum roll. <laughs> I mean, I think he's itching, he, as, as I'm about to announce him, he's looking at the riders, wishing he was on the other side of the fence, Simon Gerrans, how good is it to be back here? He's about to say he's about to say good day to someone. He is.
3: I just saw Mike Woods ride past, mate. One of the stars. One of the stars of the show. Well,
2: I thought you were about to drag him in, and I
3: thought we're going to get Mike Woods on the podcast. I'm sure he would have loved to say good day, uh, Mike Woods, on, on the. He's podcast, a bit far now. He's a bit he's, far. He's gone up the road, but yeah, Mike's a cracking guy. He was very aggressive at the start of today's stage.
2: And look who's here, Caleb Ewan. Caleb Ewan, Cale awesome. <laughs> he's made it in. Can we get a word, a quick one, mate? Well done. You made it. Oh, it was actually the, the best day I've had this tour. So after 17 days, I finally feel all right. Good man, good man. Were you nervous about today or yesterday? Probably today more so. Um, yeah, today was going to... Well, if you had a bad day, it was always going to be a hard stage because of the, the distance. So Obviously, when the distance is short, the time limit's also small. Um, but it doesn't necessarily make the stage any easier. So... Uh,
4: Luckily, I felt good and um, I made it.
1: One more stage in the mountain, one more stage in the mountain, and then you can IE in Paris. How does that feel?
4: Yeah, um, yeah. One more, one more
2: tough stage, and and then uh, two, uh, two sprints. So, yeah, like I said, it, uh, my legs finally felt good today. Hopefully, hopefully they feel good tomorrow, and then uh, yeah, hopefully I've ridden myself into some form for these next two sprints. Good on you, mate. That was perfect. Yeah. On yeah. cue, we'll let you go. Thanks for stopping, Simon. You were the big gun, but um, look, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, okay. You've, you've
3: done with me now. Caleb, come over to say hello. You guys, grab me for a chat. Oh, funny was that. that was. I mean, Michael Woods was. He was looking
2: pretty good at one point, but jeepers, when you get the pocket rocket, come past. Okay. Let's let's resume. Shall yeah. We? Let's
1: start again. Okay. This is the Zwift Podcast. We've got Simon Gairns with uh, with us. Simon, uh, what a stage here. It's always delivering around, uh, around here, the Pyrenees are always dramatic. We walked here, and we drove here this morning, it was in a cloud and in the end it was just a fantastic stage again.
3: Uh, awesome stage, really good, uh, you know it was such a dramatic day and, it, and uh, one of the most anticipated stages of the Tour de France. The three days in the Pyrenees, this was the shortest of the three and with such a select climb up to the finish line it was always going to be a big showdown.
2: And, you know, we talk about the the GC battle and obviously a fight for the stage win, but I think the one guy that was the most impressive today, Brandon McNulty.
3: Yeah, Brandon McNulty was incredible. He really stepped up up today. But also uh, who stepped up was Mikel Bjor from UAE Emirates and obviously they're much depleted squad and they lost two of their key mountain domestiques yesterday and this morning. So the rest of the team surrounding Tadej Pogacar had to really step up to the mark and they certainly did that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Tadej Pogacar won the stage. Let's listen to him.
3: Well, today I know
4: that you would have wanted more, but you would still, you must still be very satisfied with this victory and the way you won. Yeah, I mean uh, like the team wrote today we were only four and to take the stage win is already yeah incredible uh, we, we can be all proud because yeah uh, without Rafa without George vegard and uh, we cannot uh, and Soler we cannot uh, try more. And uh, yeah, we see tomorrow is another chance. But uh, yeah, for now I'm happy that uh, I win today and uh, tomorrow is another day, which I'm looking forward to. Can you tell us uh, what, explain the final moments on the on the airport, on the Altiport? You gave absolutely everything you had after uh, Jonas tried first. Yeah, I gave, I gave really absolutely everything. And uh, yeah. I know, I know, I know it. That I need to win. There's no other way, and uh, I give it all for for the team, and uh, yeah, uh, to the line. And I was so happy. A word on Brandon McNaughty, <laughs> He was impressive today. Huh? Uh, not even uh, only only Brandon. Also, also Mikel and Hirsi. Uh, Mikel uh, <laughs> like a climber today. He he set so good pace on the on the climbs. So it's uh, it was unbelievable and uh, I felt so good with that pace. I felt confident uh, and uh, I know that he felt confident also. And then uh, Brandon, yeah, did an amazing job. Um, yeah, uh, he was so good today. Uh, I mean, he's good all the Tour and, but especially today, really special mention goes to him, yeah. Are you still optimistic that you can win the Tour de France 2022? Yeah, I am, I am optimistic. Uh I think tomorrow is more hard day and uh yeah uh we can uh we can try again tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: So that was Tide Pogachar is still very confident, uh Simon, about winning this whole bike race despite uh the, the time difference that we have. Uh what do we make of, of his comment? Uh is it youth? Is it still very innocent or is he really confident he can actually do it?
3: Well, he's 23. You know, He's not going to say, no, I'm no longer confident I can win. I think today, Pogacar, whatever the scenario, he's not going to go down without a fight. I think even if we get through tomorrow's stage and he hasn't taken any more time out of Ingegore, you're going to ask him before the time trial, are you confident? He's going to go, yeah, I'm confident. I can do something in this time trial. So he's not going to give up. Obviously, every day that we edge closer to Paris, it's looking less likely that he's going to be able to get that time back, though.
2: Realistically, he doesn't gain a second tomorrow. Vingago will not lose 220. You know, hate to be a party peeper and spoil the, the well, surprise. Mechanical can happen. Yeah, it's Actions true, but happen. all things considered, uh, 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 Vingago, for him tomorrow, you could almost say that's the final nail in the coffin for him to, to deliver it to to Pog. If he doesn't lose time, he's just about home and host.
3: Yeah, that's right. After tomorrow's stage, it's really unlikely that he would lose significant time to Tate, Tate Tomorrow is every chance. So that he could crack, and if he cracks, then we can see big time gaps. The same as what we saw when today Bagatjio lost the yellow jersey. But you're right. If we get through, if in 24 hours' time we're in the same situation, it's looking very good for Jonas Vingegaard.
1: Who impressed you the most on this stage? Uh, you, you mentioned McNulty. Uh Who else out of the pack?
3: There are a number of riders that really impressed me, but one that's really stepped up for me in the mountains is Nick Schultz, oh. the, the Aussie rider racing for Bike Exchange Jayco. I had no idea he was capable of climbing what we've witnessed the past few days. He's finished in these big mountain stages with the top riders who are sitting in the top 10 in the general classification.
2: Yeah, he, he's. I agree. Couldn't agree more. And it's, it's exciting. He's 27, I think. I, I said at the dinner table, I think, last night, wow, this guy, you know, Schulte could potentially ride GC in the next two, three years. He's a late bloomer, I guess. And our producer, Cheeky, she's like, well, you could have asked him that in the interview the other day. <laughs> I mean, you know, seriously. But he, he can, can't he? he? Do you think he can ride GC? And would Bike Exchange start investing in him as a general classification rider? You know, build him in the next two, three years?
3: Yes, they could. I don't think it's it's right to... to bring him to the next tour de france and say we want you to ride general classification because we haven't even seen him really ride general classification in a week-long stage race or a 10-day stage race uh, yet so i think the next step is have a go at one of those sort of races you know a paris nice or a Dauphiné, true a swiss maybe and then see how he goes in that sort of environment and taking that responsibility as a team leader because it's a different pressure when you're you're taught, you're brought to a race to lead a team uh, so we i think it'd be great to see him in that environment before we say okay what can you do in a grand tour
2: and what what would he need to do let's just, let's say he sits down with Matt White and the management and they say okay mate you're good let's let's go for it win lose or draw and let's 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 put you in the welter as a big goal for 2023 and i know we're looking a long way into the distance here but you know, the Vuelta, I'm just saying that because it's he, he spent a bunch of time there, speaks Spanish, he's comfortable. What does he need to do training wise? You know, what is what do you what does Nick what would Nick Schultz need to do? To then start transforming himself into a GC rider, in your opinion?
3: In my opinion, he needs to start doing those races more, and needs to start focusing on doing those races without losing time. So, not sitting up in any one day, fighting for the finish in every single stage. So, I think from a men- mentally in races, that's what he needs to do. And then, I don't know what sort of training he's doing, what sort of efforts he's focusing on, but. To compete in Grand Tours for the general classification, obviously the key element is time trialling and climbing. Those two disciplines of the sport require long efforts. So it's enduring those long efforts at high intensity. So it's really focusing on that part of his training.
1: You know the team very well. Uh, you rode for Orica, for of course. Is that something they're likely to do? Is that something their management could think of? Is it something culturally uh, they would do. Is it something they, they can do?
3: Oh, they absolutely can do that. They've had riders finishing the uh, like right up there on the podium.
1: Right, we're, sorry, Simon. Sorry. Again, we got another you, big gun with us. <laughs> we're seeing all <laughs> the big guns. major <laughs> Matthews. How are you? How was it?
5: Um, actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I think um, the climbs were not uh, not so bad, and they were attacking all the way until the bottom of the first climb. So I mean, I got through pretty easy today.
2: You were you were having a bit of a dig early on, sort of at the front. Mountain stage, you must, you must, your legs must be feeling pretty good, and I guess, obviously, the confidence
5: off the back of a stage win. Yeah, well, I was just trying to help out Nick as much as possible. He's he's in great shape, but uh, to get a pure climber into breakaway is quite difficult. Um, my job was just to su- to support him today and make sure he was in there. So if anything went, we were there to shut it down and try and get him in. So I'm not exactly sure what happened once I got dropped, but uh, I heard I heard on the radio that he was doing a really good ride. So
2: uh, we were just discussing him debriefing. He's been super these last couple of days, and I asked Simon the question. And I know this is crazy. You've just finished the stage. Can he develop into a GC guy in the future? Do you he's think? And then, it, like, he's a late bloomer, isn't
5: he? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's always done it the hard way. I think uh, he, he didn't come through the AIS like the rest of us. He came through all the uh, all the different uh, ways of trying to get into the professional scene. So he's a fighter, and I think uh, he's definitely got the talent. We have we have the same coach with Brian Stevens. Um, so I know a lot of a lot of his numbers and how he's doing and Brian always raves about him. So yeah, he's in he's in a good way and I think he's riding a good wave at the moment. So um, all of us in the team are confident in his ability in the climb. So we're trying to do everything we can to try and get him that stage. We needed it's such an amazing ride a couple of oh, weeks ago now with the second place to uh, Maggie. So yeah. The win is definitely there we just need to get him uh, in the right position to do it
0: good
1: stuff
5: yeah good
0: thank,
2: stuff. You, Michael. Let, thank you Michael. we better let you go thank that you. is mate this is awesome we're just they're just coming past one I, by one stopping. i think we found the right Amazing. spot to do
1: the podcast that's all oh, yeah yeah <laughs> and
2: simon's developing a real complex
1: here <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so let's go back to the culture of bike exchange are they likely to actually look at him as a gc rider is it something they are likely to
6: do
3: well, they could do, and they have the experience in that with the Yates brothers coming through that team. Obviously, Esteban Chavez has finished on on the podium in Grand Tours a couple of occasions with the team, so they knows what it they know what it takes. But for me, Bike Exchange have been so much more exciting in this Tour de France because mm. they're back hunting stages. You know, so I think as a team, the roster of that team, they've shown more capabilities of winning stages than trying to fight for a. A Grand Tour victory, and I think for a rider like Nick Schultz, yeah, he could focus on trying to win a Grand Tour. But look who he's up against—the young, the, the age of the talent that he's racing against, how good they are. Yeah. What are his chances of, of winning one, even finishing on a podium? I think a fantastic result for Nick Schultz in a Grand Tour. Yeah, he could finish in the top ten, maybe even a top five Shut in the World. Are we
2: top three? In something like that,
3: <laughs> but i'd love Shut to see up. him see him focusing on stage wins you know he can win mountain stages he can win punchy stages yeah he can win classics he's a rider that has loads of loads of ability
2: yeah 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 it, and it's it, you're right and it's it's exciting either way no matter what he probably does it, it, we, you know, i think we can all say it, it's going to be good whatever he does in the next few years it's going to be pretty good so it's it'd be exciting for a bike exchange you know, yeah. to suddenly see that sort of that development that he's, he's had. Absolutely, okay, another day without a French win. I'm sorry, what's happening closer, there, I am. You're
1: aging closer? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but still nothing. Uh, Bardet, how do you rate him today? Because he had a rubbish day yesterday. It was not too bad today.
3: Oh, he was great today. And what I really liked about Roman Bardet today, he fought back, and he fought back hard. He placed two riders in the breakaway, including Chris Hamilton. And then he put him, jumped across to it himself. So he put himself in a position to claw back some of that time. And then he didn't really falter too much. Obviously he couldn't stay with the pace of Brendan McNulty. He couldn't even stay with with Garant Thomas on the final climb. But he moved back up a few spots on general classification. So it's that fighting spirit that we love from Roman Bardet. That's what we saw today.
1: And do you think that spot of being the first Frenchman in the uh, in the general classification is important for him? He's second now to uh, to go, he's still second to to Godou fifth and sixth. Is this a complete like you know? I know you guys have the Kangaroo Cup. Is there something like a yeah, <laughs> like a huge. French Cup?
3: <laughs> It's important for one reason, and that's post tour criterium start money, and that's about the extent of being the best French rider in the Tour de France. So they, they have the criteria. But is that a half serious? No, thing? that's an absolutely yeah, serious right. thing. The organisers who organise these post tour criteriums, they're going to pay more to say we have the best uh, French rider in the Tour de France at our race. Otherwise, for Roman Bardet, he's finished on the podium, so he doesn't really care whether that now whether he's. Four, fifth or sixth relative to the other other French riders. I think he's just gonna focus on doing as, as well as he can.
2: It's all about the French Cup. Yeah. Right, look, <laughs> we, M- look we've M- been <laughs> making a habit of this so let's just let's bring walk, another one. Let's, let's, let's bring in an old teammate of mine. He's looking a bit weathered though. How are you going Matt
6: Stevens? I just get weathered as the years go by but to this race is weathering me it's brilliant isn't it? It's incredible. <laughs> what, it, what did you make it today? We didn't get the fireworks that we wanted at the end. No, I'm, it's just the, I think it's just the, the fatigue that started to set in. I mean there's not much to between the and Pogaccia. But I think it was a, a more of a, I'm still here statement. And, and the way they were laboring up that climb, it was almost like it was in slow motion, wasn't it? You could just sense the heaviness in their legs. But tell you what, I just had a word with Michael Bjerg um, about the way they managed to turn things around today. Despite, despite losing Rafa this morning, um, they just went all in and just tore the race apart. No, like Geraint didn't expect it. It put a lot of guys on the back foot. They didn't expect to be put. Uh, on the back foot so early in the race, and then um, what a what a what a ride by Brandon McNulty as well. It just shows, isn't it, how much you can step up when you lose a teammate, but. I think it's been magnificent, but clearly these guys are absolutely—they're knackered, aren't they? Oh yeah, they yeah, are. All right, absolutely. mate. Listen, no
2: we'll worries. let you go. I might might get you <laughs> <laughs> before the end. Shave them all d- off, and um, oh, yeah. he you didn't even ask him about
1: the hairdryer. Keep doing hairdryer
6: clips. I've only done a We're few, but them. I did one the other day, <laughs> and I had to go the reception to get the hairdryer. So I thought I'd just do a review of my TV on the wall. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt.
2: Well, this uh, is an eventful man. podcast. I
1: think I'm
2: going to let it just live. I think we just need to do this each day. We need to be just past the finish line, and we'll drag them all across okay where are we at we were at the french cup <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we just covered
1: this what else so th- uh i'd love to talk about garen thomas uh solid first of the older class riders to be to be there he's after the, the two uh whippersnippers as, as he says uh what do you make of him and what do you make of how he's riding this year
3: I think G's back riding at a really high level, and I think he's acknowledged a couple of points. He's putting out some of his best numbers in this Tour de France, as good as when he won the event. It's just that I think the level's increased since then. That's why we're seeing Pogacar and Vingegaard go by him on the general classification. So, Geraint Thomas, all like in perspective, I think he'd be really content with a podium finish if he's able to maintain that third spot all the way to Paris, because I think that's a goal that was a realistic goal for that team. so I think he'll be satisfied with how he's going.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I couldn't agree more with you about um, if he if he does end up finishing third, um, that that is an, a fantastic result. And it's like he's he's almost the last of the old guard, isn't he? Yeah. He's the last of the old guard now, and it's so it's not the new guard anymore because it's been that way for a few years. But this is it, Simon, isn't it? It's it's the next breed coming through, and the guys like McNulty, who knows he might go off to A team you know in the next few years and ride GC for himself. There's a few others coming through, but this is this next generation and then the generation behind them coming.
3: Yeah, for sure. And when you think, Garen Thomas's first tour to France in 2007, you know, he's been around a long time yeah. now, so he is a, a rider with a huge amount of experience. He's evolved a lot over the years, matured a lot as a bike rider, and he's ha- managed to sort of. Follow the the progression of the sport and and be at a high level for a long time. So I agree, he's a bit of the old guard, but also you have got guys in the in the general classification that are sort of around the you know four fifth six mark. They who riders who did, have got results um, in the Tour de France in years gone by.
1: Now I just checked something. Jakobsen made it through the time cut by. Twelve seconds. That's what yep. You know, as we were weird. just chatting live to Matt
2: Stevens, Jakobsen rolled past, and there was a bunch of crews following him. And I thought, what's going on 12 here? Twelve seconds. Wow.
3: Perfectly timed. <laughs> ideally, ideally played by Jakobsen. Jeez. Obviously, I think he would have liked to have a bit more breathing space than that. Wow. But for all the sprinters, their goal on today's stage. Is to finish within the time limit, and he's achieved that. He's lived to fight another day.
2: He seemed, he seemed tired. He looked five livid. Days he looked ago. livid. He looked livid. Oh, he's going to be tired. And I mean, isn't it interesting when we grab Caleb and he says, "This is the first time I've actually felt good on the climbs in the whole race," and it showed it because he made the cut quite easily. And yep. then you've got Jakobsen, super struggling. Caleb would be a little bit upset by that twelve seconds. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think Caleb will take a lot of confidence out of the fact that he's feeling, he mentioned, feeling progressively better in this Tour de France. Maybe he'll be wishing it was a four-week race, not a three-week race. But And some of his big rivals, they look to be really struggling. They're on a, their hands and knees. So as much as Jakobsen has just finished within the time limit, I think Caleb Ewan will be feeling pretty confident about stage 19 and 21. So
2: should we get, genuinely excited that Caleb's on the way up and he could he could pick off who knows potentially like you say two stage wins
3: oh we should definitely be getting excited we should be definitely getting behind Caleb Ewan in the opening stages of the Tour de France it was just a bit unlucky he was right there with the best guys it's been two sprints he's had two unlucky sprints and he's had an unfortunate crash so I think the fact that he's mentioned hey I'm that's the best I've got through any of these mountain stages, uh, should be uh, should be pretty exciting for everyone.
1: When are you not getting excited by something like this, Mako?
3: Yeah, totally.
2: Uh, I mean, Caleb, we've sort of ridden the roller coaster yeah. with him, haven't we, this year? He was our sort of pin-up boy at the start for the Aussies. Aussie hoped to, to pick off some stages, of course, bike exchange as well as the team. And, yeah, I'm with you. And, and it, you make a good point, Simon, just reminding all of us it's really only been two sprint stages. Yeah, he's had, and he's actually had two crashes. So he's had he's had some rough days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's look at the uh, the stage that we are uh, about to see tonight on, uh, on SBS for you in Australia. It's a short stage again. It's gonna be probably the last chance for the poke to, uh, to make a big dent, as you said, uh, Macca. How do you read that stage tomorrow?
2: Well, for me, it's all about order come. We it, Otakam. We're going to attack. Historical. Right yeah. yeah, it's it's a famous mountain. It's um, you know, it's a pretty tough climb, and I think it's. Look, it is, I agree. It's the last, I think, big chance. Have you have you actually raced up the Cam, Simon? Wait, wait, wait,
3: wait. When was the last time the Tour de France went up there? I'm not great remembering uh, the names of climbs until I see them. <laughs> if you say, oh, they raced up there in 2016, then I'd probably say yes. But um, the Hortokam i don't remember it as a climb but it's obviously you know it's the big conclusion of the mountains in the tour de france so yeah it's the last real test
1: for me that's got i've said it before but it's got this name otakam it's there's a it's ingrained in history of the of the tour de france but um the place of having otakam towards the end of, of, of the race it's 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 a cool stage to well, move, to be, yeah up. it
2: is i mean it's it's quite funny because as you all know i never raced the tour but i've ridden up a lot of the tour mountains with tour groups so i've, I've been up the orbis a few times and i've been up Autocam a bunch of times as well it is a monster day only 143 kilometres, as you say so yeah it's going to be a it's going to be another big day
3: yeah well, i reckon this bloke here he'll he'll know the climb this pretty this guy well. here just, just a quick drag question. Him in for a minute i mean
2: he's our magnet he, yeah. he, uh, Dan Martin, you look mate you look as fit as you
3: you ever been i run the stage today you've run no, the stage <laughs> come on <laughs> we're just talking about the horocam dan when was the last time we raced at the Hortokam? It was 2014.
2: And how'd you go? I wasn't there. I've never done a You've never the, done a Well the only climbs I've never done, and nobody's ever done Cordos Mandels. So, um, yeah. So, all right, so, what are you doing? What What are you doing here today? Just for fun, or what's going on? Well, it's actually great. I came on a holiday to Calcason with two mates just to drop them to the airport. and Saw the tours in town. <laughs> You're kidding. And <laughs> David Miller spotted me and said, "Do you want a job?" So here I am. Two days. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm off home. Today. And what's the job? What's the job? See you later, mate. Just for ITV. i have got to shoot now. You gotta shoot. Yeah, shoot. yeah shoot, guys. I'll let you go. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Thanks thank for dropping thank in. Oh, we met everyone today. Yeah. How fit does he look? He looks. He, I mean, he was actually. He was probably about six kilos lighter. He still looks skinny as a
3: rake. He probably looks a bit healthier now than what he did as a bike <laughs> rider because he has put on a bit of meat. But no, he looks exceptionally fit. Uh, obviously, still doing quite a lot of riding. Yeah,
1: uh, visible. Okay. Anyway, that's going to be an exciting stage on SBS. Thank you, Simon, for uh, joining us today, and uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm sure you're enjoying commentating for SBS and and being with the crew.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's been an awesome tour. Loved uh, loved covering it with SBS and. Had some brilliant stages and a few more to come.
1: Absolutely, thank you, thank you, Michael. Thank you. This
2: was this was. I think this was our best yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was we have very little to do
2: with
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> this was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au/sport, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time. Tomorrow, it's bye for now.
0: Now that we're finished talking about cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home gets old real quick, but with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear and each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discover how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free 7-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening while you're riding on Zwift. Ride on.